Hey, everyone. Hey, it's Allison. And Kevin. Happy Parshat Bayera. It's my younger brother, Benjamin's Bar Mitzvah Parsha. So big shout out to him. I know this Parsha a little bit better than other Parshas from overhearing him uh, lane sometimes and from him doing a very memorable job at his Bar Mitzvah. And also because there are a lot of very important, memorable moments in this week's Parsha. <laughs> this is true. And we read a good part of this Parsha on Rosh Hashanah. So it's one of those Parshas that we don't just read on the week that the Torah portion comes up, but we read it on the New Year holiday. So it's Parsha Vayera, which means, and he saw. So what have been some interesting things that you've seen this week? That's a really good question. Definitely have, um, yeah, just continued to see, unfortunately, terrible loss of life of people that uh, know and are in a one or two connections away in particular. Um, I mean, Mickey Marks, who was killed, shot at in his car and uh, murdered his son, Daya, who was injured in that uh, terrible terrorist attack, was killed this week in battle. Um, and then also seeing just the destruction in Gaza and seeing, actually seeing the images of the reporters who watched the unfiltered mm-hmm. version of the events on October 7th and their, their facial reactions. Um, one thing that they actually did in the 1940s after the Holocaust was they made German prisoners of war watch the atrocities that happened in the concentration camps and the death camps. Um, and there's pictures of also these German soldiers wincing at, at looking at these images just after the barbarism that occurred. And similarly, you see these journalists from a range of different news outlets and they're kind of wincing at like seeing these images in a very visceral about almost like seeing the reaction. Right. Because again, that also like leads us to like our imagination being open. Like Kevin and I earlier were talking about this idea that sometimes like when we don't have information and know truly what's going on, our imaginations can take them to much crazier places. Um, even to your reference to the idea of like imaginations taking over with Avraham in this week's Parsha. Uh, Kev, if you want to give a quick overview. Yeah, so Avraham, by the advice of his wife, Sarah, sends away his son, Yishmael, because... He's he, being a bad boy. He was not, uh, not influencing little Yitzchak, little Yitzi, in the best way. And, uh, <laughs> Isaac, our forefather. Young Isaac was maybe uh, learning to be a, little, be a little bit cynical, like Ishmael was. It says that, that Ishmael would make a mockery of things. Um, Which again is ironic because it uses the word Yitzchak, essentially the root, like Tzachak, that Yishmael was negatively using this like mockery, laughter, making fun, games, 
Whereas Yitzchak, it could be interpreted more positively in terms of how he lives and lives up to his name. Right. Yeah. But that was tangential. Sorry. No, no, no. It's a good, and it also kind of like relates like when you, when everything you see is like a joke or meaningless or like nihilistic, sometimes like almost like a little bit of like the air, but going back to Avraham and Ishmael. So Avraham has to send away Ishmael. Actually, I think a, a famous Rembrandt painting of it. And you see that Avraham's in, in pain, sending his son away. And the Midrash talks about, um, he is nervous for him and he, and he thinks about all the things that could happen to him in the wilderness. And that's something that I think very much we're experiencing right now, this idea of soldiers are out there every single night we go to sleep and we wake I, I the first thing I do I wake up I check my phone I look and I see that Israel you that's know, what all the the people are saying is the healthiest thing to do is wake up and yeah I'm phone. a really healthy person that's also why I just ate a whole chocolate challah roll behind <laughs> the paper out of the oven and potato cocoa and that was my dinner these are these are the coping mechanisms that we're working with it's usually a hot cup of hot cocoa so I just haven't had hot cocoa for the past two nights instead I just had hot go in my bread <laughs> but um our imaginations are definitely left to go wandering thinking building up these stories of like worst case scenarios um it, it's a difficult thing to 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 handle and just the the lack of information or the like it comes so quickly and then it's unverified and like is this even true and imaginations going places but um really a big part is that my other brother whose bar mitzvah parsha is not this week mm-hmm. um she is in, was called up to the reserves to to serve during this war in israel and as of monday he's not able to be in co- contact with us they uh, took their unit's phones away. So um, it's just, a, it's a difficult thing not knowing what his status is um, and really, really thinking about him, being being nervous and scared for him and thinking about where he could be, what he could be doing, but also, um, you know, feeling somewhat proud of him and also that he's he's going out and- Very proud of him. Very proud. Not something. But, but in, in extremely proud, but- also like that that pride or that that sense of, of strength that he gives me um is, is in contrast with the feeling of being nervous and being being scared so it's like being both proud and and scared thinking about what could be happening but also thinking about how he's uh he's trying to bring our, our brother and sisters back uh back to their homes mm-hmm. something that i saw this week mm, what do you see I saw a really great piece of content. Oh, from Mikey Greenblatt. The Mikey Greenblatt. Mikey Greenblatt. He makes really great, funny content. Um, and he was going around New York City downtown, I believe, and had this like paper with a petition. And he was saying to people like, "Oh, do you want to um, sign this petition to like free Palestine with Hamas and leadership?" And everyone was like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and they get so excited. And then he says, okay, just like before you sign, obviously it's important to like read what you're signing. So it's like, if you agree to free Palestine with Hamas uh, in rule, then anybody in the LGBTQ community who is outwardly, you know, expressing themselves will be lynched in the center of the town. And anybody who like just these 
crazy things that are realities with um, Hamas as as the governing power. And then everyone's like, mm, this doesn't like really align with my values so much. <laughs> like, yeah, like women not being able to like wear whatever they want and not being able to go anywhere unaccompanied. You know, it doesn't really like align with my values. <laughs> yeah. Someone else was like, thank you for educating me. I didn't know that. Um, it takes a big person to say that. It does. Yeah, I was I was impressed. Yeah. But I, at least for me, when I see these videos that have been circulating um, just before, uh, you know, maybe some some support for the, the Palestinians or the loss of life, it, like, it definitely has an effect on me. Um, to be honest, and like, I, I do have a sense of the the loss of life mm-hmm. with within the Holy Land, within the uh, the need for our our brothers, our kids to to go and defend and to be, you know, it's like it it, it takes a a toll on a person's soul. Um, I don't know. It's requiring a lot of like mental and emotional energy to continue to, to humanize and to try to I don't know hold uh hold the sense of <laughs> that like uh tell him that like we're we're created in the, the image of God. Um I think that's one thing that, that Avram also tries to do in this week's Parsha that he God said he's gonna destroy the city of stone. And Avram asks, well, maybe there's 50 righteous people there. Maybe there's 45, maybe there's 40, 30, 20, 10. And I think Avram's not necessarily protesting or saying that like, this shouldn't be done. At least the way that I read it is more of like a clarification of like, how can you do this? Or where's the line? Or what about this? Because he's obviously has a very deep connection to Hashem and sees the purpose of, of Hashem you know, needing to enact justice, but at the same time, also wanting to be sympathetic to the people in those towns and, and feeling for other souls in this world. Yeah. I mean, definitely when I read the story of like Sodom and Gomorrah and also just the Midrashim that talk about how they used to take people and stretch them out. What was that crazy Midrash as a kid? They put people on beds and like stretch out their limbs. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about, but not well enough to be able to like. Yeah, this is like what they drop in fourth grade, and like, yeah, it's all more. Well, I mean, one of the things that is explicit is that the the entire city surrounds Lot's house when he takes in guests. He takes in guests, and what does Lot do? He offers his daughters up. To what him. a righteous act! Yeah. Not the whole. No, not at all. <laughs> The whole story is like really challenging because, yeah, there is a society that has no law and order and justness and kindness to it, or the law and order is unjust. It's why why should it exist? Yeah, and I think we we just we have to look for for the people within it, like uh, like Avram was saying, like you know, are, are there people in it? Are is there, is there is there something there? Right. Are, are there are there people within it? Um, and at the same time, when um, it's decided that no, there aren't those people in it, but let's go remove Lot and his family. When they leave, they're told not to look back at the destruction. That there's this idea that we don't 
we don't we don't try to like gain anything by like seeing other people suffering that doesn't that's not good for us that's not something that we glorify other people's suffering and things being destroyed in that regard you, you don't look back you don't look at you you kind of just respect it move forward yeah there's uh specifically when the jews are leaving egypt they go through the red sea and the sea is split and then it says the egyptians followed them in and then after the jews crossed through the sea then the sea collapses on the egyptians and they drown and then they sing this very joyous song then Moshe and the Jewish people sang. And there's a midrash that talks about that the angels were like, oh, high school musical, like, let's get in this. You know, everyone join in the song. That- All in this together. <laughs> exactly. All in it. You know, us and the angels, we're, we're, we're together. Um, and God tells the angels, like, no, you're, you, can't be singing while my creations are drowning. So there's a famous question that's asked. Well, the Jews people are singing, like, why isn't God We want in chastising them? Why can, well, yeah, why do they get to do it and we don't? <laughs> so why do they get to do it? Any ideas? Well, the one that you told me before we recorded this is a good one. Um the people were the ones that experienced that suffering. So it's a very real, raw reaction where this is truly something that completely changed their lives. Right. Whereas the angels were not, it wasn't their fight to be fought, so to speak. Right. And that's something that I, I definitely feel when like people who are removed from Israel and Palestine and they have such strident opinions when they're not the ones living there or yeah. they're not the ones affected by it. It's, it's something that I don't, doesn't really add up for me of like, like you don't have skin in the game. You're not, you're not going through it. Like there's something very, very, this is just an abstract concept. It's not your brother where like the people who it is their brother, I think at least for me, I have a lot better dialogues no matter what side they're on. There's, they, they feel the realness and the, that it's not just just a story or a concept or a news article. Yeah. I mean, again, there's always that question of like, why this conflict and not all the other thousands of conflicts that are going on around the world that doesn't get the spotlight. But I feel like that's the age old question. Um, yeah. That we kind of all know the answer that we don't want to say. <laughs> there's a lot of answers, but there's uh, maybe one over overarching answer. Um, but regarding why the people were able to sing and the angels weren't, there is something we see from this week's Parsha that God had to send three angels to visit Avram and Sarah, and each one of the angels had a different mission. And that an angel is is a messenger, an emissary. They only, they only carry one uh, piece of mail at a time, one focused mission. Um, and that... If the angels were singing, that was the kind of sole emotion. That was their their sole mission would be to uh, to be singing at that time. Whereas within people, we have this complex range of emotions that we hold simultaneously. Like we were talking about a few weeks ago with the Simcha Torah on October seventh, the joy of the Torah that night that we were trying to celebrate, and the sadness, um, overwhelming sadness. Well, deep pain and 
sorrow and unknowing. Um, but the the Jews at by the sea, seeing their oppressors drown, that at least what th this idea that I heard from Rabbi Ari Leibowitz, um, who quoted it in the name of Rav Schwab, I believe, that we have this capacity to have a paradox mindset of a both and, that we're both happy and joyful that we cross the sea, but also sad that uh, people are perishing. And then that, that needs to happen, that there's, there, there needs to be a tinge of that because we're all people. No. Are there other, other areas that you feel like you're having those both and? Well, just something that I'm thinking about is like my initial reaction to the news and like human nature, right? Like when we hear someone like attacks our family, we're like, go get them all. Like that's it. Just like no sympathy. Right. Um, and that, that's like a very real, natural human reaction. That purple rage. Yeah. It's like explosive. Like, I don't care what happens. Just take care of it. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was something that I had in myself. Right. And I'd never like felt that, that level of like rage and fear and uh, disgust. But then the pendulum swings. And it, at least for me, like as my heart softens, I think about like, wh what does the future look like? Mm -hmm. We, we want to live uh, in Israel with our neighbors, both uh, Palestinians and within the Middle East more generally. And we need to have that, that expansive heart, um, which is just a very difficult thing that Avram himself is confused about. He's like, well, 50, 10, like, you know, uh, What's, what's the level of mercy and justice and how to enact that? It's not a simple thing. I think it's also something to be said that 50 righteous people, 40, 30, 10, wouldn't be living amongst those people, right? Like there's this idea that... Society that was created. Yeah. Like we, we have to be really careful about our environments and who we surround ourselves with. Yeah. It's really important. And the environments that we create... Um, yeah, just as we're wrapping up, I mean, to, to kind of flip it. So Lot, he invited guests in and his whole town got upset at him. And it was a little bit of like this backwards way of having guests. <clears throat> but that's something that at least being hospitable was something that he learned from Avram. That in the beginning of the Parsha, what happens? In the beginning of the Parsha, Avram is recovering from his circumcision. And in the heat of the day, he's sitting by his tent waiting to greet people. And he sees these three people coming by who, as it know, are angels, and then brings them food and water. And it talks specifically about, you know, the cow and the cakes and the, the, the milk and this yeah. thing that, that, that he brought to them. And it makes Avram sound like very, like, harried and frantic, like, let me get you this. It's this, like this. there's like 50 adjectives within like 40 words. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the vibe of the verses. I think that's what's called an adverb. <laughs> um, but Avraham, and at least through the verses, I think that the... No, oh, I meant verb. Yeah, not adverb, just... No, it's like an, ad, it's an adjective and verb at the same time. It's, you know, it's, no, doing, it's just, doing more... I just used the wrong word. I meant there are, there are so many verbs. <laughs> 
a lot of action. A lot of action. Taking care. Can I get you water? Can I wash your feet? Can I? I got to set the record straight. Okay. You know your grammar. Ish. Um, But really what comes through is this tremendous sense of love and care and welcoming and Hamish, like warmly that Avram is is conveying to his guests. Um, and I hope wherever you find yourself this Shabbat that uh, you're able to have a beautiful meal. And if you're a guest, be a gracious guest. But even uh, even if you're not hosting or being a guest, just just welcoming in a guest isn't just the physical act of providing food or providing a place to sleep but it's the act of making someone feel loved and cared for and that you want to go the extra mile for them that you want to put the cherry on top that you want to give the palate cleanser give the palate cleanser as we like to do our meals leave them give them that mint on their way out exactly give them a shoehorn For the one lawyer that came through our door that requested a shoehorn when we didn't have it, we were like, oh, shoehorn, now. We, we we couldn't provide for them. Yeah. It's our... And then the next time he came, he wore mm. No shoehorn needed. And we like brought it out the second he went to go put on his shoes. We're like, wait. He's like, wait, I don't need this. So. <laughs> that because we didn't have one last time. Yeah. But uh, but he strongly appreciated the fact that we, we went out of our way. Um and this is something that I really learned, uh, especially for my mom. She goes out of her way to uh, have an abundance of food, to make people's favorite items, to plate things, and just make it feel special. What's my favorite item on her list? Whatever is easiest. <laughs> In case she's listening, that's always my answer. Um, see, Alsa wants to be a gracious cat. She's like, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's all good. But... Um, Whatever's in the freezer. (laughs) But Avram, he doesn't just wait for the guests to come to him. He goes out to the travelers. So don't wait to be greeted. Greet others. Don't necessarily wait to be hosted. Host others. And uh, hopefully it's a a Shabbat where you are able to help those people that you care about or those people that you don't yet know feel cared about. Fine. Have a beautiful Shabbos. And uh, a Shabbos of both being able to hold that joy and that, uh, that pain that we're all experiencing in a deep and holy way.